This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Missouri. Ooh, misery. Let's investigate. (laughs) So, there is this lady. Her name was Angela Hammond. Um, She was born in 1971. Okay. And she was smart, witty, and likable, and very popular in school. Okay. Um, she was also claimed to be very driven, and everyone that knew her knew she was destined for greatness. Okay. But when she was 19, she started dating an 18-year-old named Rob Schaefer. All right, Rob. Rob. Got raised eyebrows on you. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Don't go into judgment yet. Okay. All right, right. Uh, So Rob was this football star at the same school that Angela attended, and the two were the perfect couple. Both were popular, smart, funny, very likable, and the two just got along great. Okay. So in 1991, when... Great year. How was it? Uh... Angela found out she was pregnant, and Rob did the right thing, got down on one knee, popped the question, and of course, she said yes. Of course. Wow, they've been together all that time, and they still weren't married? She was born in 1971, so 1991. Math. 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 Cutting that out. I sound stupid. Duh. They've been dating since they were babies. <laughs> 20 years of dating. <laughs> I wish some video was on to see my face. You're like, no. <laughs> she she would have been like fresh out of high school. Yeah, she was about 20. 20, okay. And he was 18? She was 19 when... And, he was 18, 18 when they started dating. Dating. So God, they'd been together for two years. A year, maybe. <laughs> a year. Probably around that. Okay. Okay. Almost a year they were together and uh She got knocked up. She got knocked up. She is with child. Okay. <laughs> yes. She was with child. So they decided to rent a home together. And okay. of course, money was really tight. They were both young. But they were trying to work really hard to get themselves in a situation and a good situation and ready for the baby. Okay. Um, It was also noted that Rob was trying to also go into the military um, so he could, he was working towards that, but it never came about. Okay. uh, Before the, the, the scenario. The scenario. So on April 4th, 1991, Angela and Rob went to a barbecue at the home of Angela's mom. Okay. Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Angela's parents were divorced, but even though they were divorced, they were very 
amicable with one another. Okay. And so they spent a lot of time together. Okay. And so about 9 o'clock that evening, Rob left the barbecue to head over to his parents' house because he had to babysit his little brother. Okay. Um, Angela went and picked up her best friend, and the two drove around and just hung out um, after the barbecue. Okay. And so around 11.15, Angela dropped her friend off at home and went to a payphone to call Rob. Um, obviously, Angela and Rob didn't have a phone at their house, and oh. so she had to go to a payphone to call Rob at his parents' house. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So Angela was supposed to go over to Rob's parents' house that night, but she was feeling tired. She just wanted to go home and go to bed. Okay. And really, that was the only reason she called Rob that night, because he was expecting her to come to his parents' house. So she wanted to call okay. him and let him know that I'm just going to go home. I'll see you at home. Okay. And so Rob, of course, was fine with that. And then they started chatting a little bit, asking how the night was going mm -hmm. and all of that. And then while she was on the phone with him, a truck pulled into the empty parking lot and was just driving around. Angela told Rob about this truck and she was describing it to Rob and then the truck pulled out of the lot and drove away. Weird. Okay. They talked about how weird it was, right? And, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I imagine if you just see, like, it's an empty parking lot and, the, you're, like, you're on the payphone. Yeah. It's like a lit up booth. Yeah. And then you see a car, like, doing circles. And then drive away. Yeah. That's weird. So they didn't think anything of it. But then a few minutes later. The truck returned, and this time it parked in a spot. And then a man got out of the truck and went to the phone booth right next to Angela. Angela mentioned this to Rob, but in 1991, everyone used payphones, so it wasn't too surprising that he stopped to come use yeah, this payphone. It wasn't out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah. Um, so after about a minute, the man returned to his truck, got a flashlight, and seemed to be looking for something. Angela was starting to feel unsettled by all this, and so she told Rob what was going on. And Rob was trying to ease her down and said maybe the phone he tried to use wasn't working, or he was waiting for Angela to finish up so he could use the phone she was on. Why would he be, like, looking for something? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe he was looking for change. If Oh, maybe. Like, in the on the ground yeah. or something? Yeah. Um, especially if that payphone took its the money or something. Fair. Because they have been known to do that. <laughs> um, so Rob was still on the phone with Angela, and he heard her lean out of the phone booth and ask the man if he needed to use the phone. And he answered and said no. And so now it started to get Angela a lot more antsy and uneasy, and Rob started to get really uneasy about it. So Angela decided to start describing the man to Rob. Okay. Um, Angela's smart. Right. She's very smart about this. Because if I go missing, this is the last person I, I <laughs> who was near me. Right. So she described him as a white man wearing overalls and a baseball hat. She said he had a beard and he also appeared very dirty for some reason. Mm. Um, and she also started describing the truck to Rob as well. Okay. So, 
Out of the blue, suddenly, Rob heard a blood-curdling scream, and he realized it was Angela. Oh, no. He heard the man say, I didn't need to use the phone anyway. The phone went dead, and Rob ran out of his house into his car and drove over to where the payphone was, which was only a few minutes from his parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the way there, he saw a truck coming towards him that fit the description that Angela had given him. He saw the man driving and noticed a woman in the passenger seat, leaning over the driver and screaming. As he passed, he heard Angela screaming, Robbie, Robbie, trying to get his attention. What the fuck? Right. So did he, did he flip a U? So he quickly flipped a bitch. Good for him. And started chasing the truck. And he chased the truck for a couple of miles. Okay. And when the truck pulled down a side road, Rob attempted to follow, but his vehicle died. What? Yeah. He could only watch the truck drive away. What the fuck? So it said that his transmission went out or something oh. right in that. He probably moment. was like really pressing the mm-hmm. fucking pedal to the metal, you know? Right. But the levee was dry. <laughs> so in a panic, he jumped out of the car and st- started trying to run after oh, the truck. No. But of course, that wasn't going to happen. Poor Robert. I know. So then he turned around and headed back into town to get help. Okay. He flagged down a passing car for um he flagged down the passing car and then the car drove him directly to the police station. Okay. Now, this town is it's very small. Um the police weren't quite sure what to think of this story from this young man at midnight. Right. And they took his statement. However, they didn't launch. Oh, wait, sorry. They took his statement and did launch a fall, uh, full search okay. for this truck and this man. I was like, they didn't do anything. <laughs> right. I was like, trash. Missouri. I know. That would have been, it would have been crazy if they didn't do anything. They also started drawing up a composite sketch. Um, okay. But. When they took a look at the sketch, it looked nothing like Rob described. So whoever was drawing it Mm -hmm. just didn't, I don't know. Fit the description that he gave. Rob described a white man with a baseball hat, beard and mustache and eyeglasses. And in the sketch, the man had no baseball hat, had no facial hair at all. And when they asked the composite drawer about this... The police stated they thought the man would have been wearing a fake beard and mustache, but they didn't release any additional composites either. So they only did the one that didn't even look look like him. Right. And so then he also described what the truck looked like. It was about a 1960s or 1970s green Ford with some rust and a decal of a fish jumping out of the water on the back window. Okay. He also noticed two letters on the license plate, an X and a Y, but the rest of the license plate had been rusty and he wasn't able to get any more information or any other letters or numbers. So the search continued for Angela and Rob himself starts to be the target of the investigation, which is normal. Yeah. He takes and passes a polygraph test. Okay. Um, but the police still don't really trust him. They thought his story was a little unusual. 
Um, I mean, it it is fucking weird, but right, like, right, it sounds like something out of a movie or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the police department had only one detective on staff because it was a small uh, office. Yeah. And but the detective was really adamant about finding Angela. So he was trying to be on top of it, went to go notify Angela's parents. And in doing so, they were asking questions about Rob and their time together and, you know, Mm -hmm. the normal questions. Mm -hmm. But both Angela's mom and dad were adamant that he had nothing to do with this, and uh, they didn't believe it for a second that he could be involved in something like this because they knew how much Rob loved Angela. Yeah. So eventually Rob was cleared of any involvement, and his vehicle was found abandoned and broken down right where he said it was. Okay. And they also found Angela's car in the parking lot near the payphone with her purse still inside the car. Okay. Um, witnesses began to come forward saying that they also saw this green truck and a woman screaming from inside. Right. (laughs) So let's find the green truck, Missouri Police Department. Right. So obviously Rob was frantic and desperate. He just wanted to find Angela. Um, He was grieving. He, He didn't know what to do with himself. Well, yeah. And so the state police and the FBI were brought in to assist, which okay. is good. It's a yeah. small, small department. You need help. Limited resources. Mm-hmm. So upon investigating, though, rumors started to swirl that Angela's ex-boyfriend, Bill Barker, was possibly involved. Oh, no. Police began to say that the baby was actually Bill's and not Rob's. However, both Bill and Rob adamantly denied this, saying, please don't make up stories because this isn't this isn't true. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. Bill also took a polygraph and he passed as well. So there was zero evidence pointing anything to Bill. Okay. Obviously, Angela's disappearance hit the town hard. Since it was a small town. Yeah. Um, val- volunteers came out to search, hanging flyers, and almost everyone was involved in her search in some way or another. Okay. Uh, the Missouri State Police tried to locate this green Ford truck, and they found over 1,500 possible vehicles enlisted in their database matching the truck. Um, other dur- jurisdictions and officers from all over came to help with this case as well. Uh, they were taking this very seriously, and but we're not coming up with any clues at all. Okay. Just dead end after dead end. Right. And so police began to wonder if there was a link between two other abductions in Missouri in January 1991 uh, by a lady named Trudy Darby, uh, where she vanished, and then the store that she was working at was robbed. However, Trudy's body was found in a nearby river, and she'd been shot twice in the head with a shotgun. And they later came out to the the perpetrators were half-brothers Jesse Rush and Marvin Cheney. And so that went out the window. And then in February 1991, another woman was abducted from a convenience store. Um, Her name was Cheryl Ann Kenny, and she was vanished. Or she was, she vanished and was never found. Okay. 
police wondered if there was a connection, but obviously there was no evidence. To say otherwise. To, yeah, to say otherwise. So in, with all these leads that were coming in here and there, they were still had no clue as to Angela's whereabouts and what happened to her that night. So that brings us to a few years later. Okay. An informant comes forward with some very interesting information. Okay. This informant uh, was working as a confidential informant in 1991 on another case. He had a daughter named Angela as well, who kind of looked like Angela Hammond. Hmm. Uh, He thought someone was out to attack his family. Okay. And they were going after his daughter for revenge and instead grabbed Angela Hammond instead of his daughter, Angela. So the police kind of thought this was a little far-fetched. They they were like, this is not possible. Um, But they also did admit that they looked eerily similar to one another. Okay. And so they were able to also corroborate the man's story. So the police felt this felt that this was a likely scenario, but they didn't know for sure. Okay. Um what was the other case he was working on? Did they say or no? They didn't say. Okay. It was, it was just he was a CI for a confidential informant for another case. Okay. Um so maybe they found out he was a CI mm-hmm. and were going after his family. Um so they have a few different theories of what could have happened. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, as well at that time, there was an I-70 killer. Okay. Um, and so they thought maybe Angela fell victim to a serial killer. Oh, boy. Um, okay. So there were two active serial killers in Missouri at the time named Kenneth McDuff and Tommy Sells. Okay. Their victims were young women, and some theorize that they could have been responsible. However, again, there's no direct evidence leading to these serial killers. Okay. And both of them have actually been executed, so we'll never oh. know okay. if it was one of them that abducted Angela. Their second theory was a random attack. So a crime of opportunity. Okay. Um, someone was passing by, saw Angela by herself, and maybe had seen her around town and just began following her. Hmm. However, they thought that might have been a little uh, too risky for someone to do that. And again, there was no evidence um, to corroborate that story as well or that theory. Hmm. Again, theory three is the mistaken identity theory. Um, well, this is a weird situation. Uh, That's they, literally the plot that came from like a movie. Right. Uh, the police acknowledged that it was sort of credible. Yeah. Um, and it's possible that's what happened. So we might learn more about this as they start investigating that, mm-hmm. but we don't know for sure. And then. They had a last theory that they received an anonymous tip to their tip line indicating that, uh, indicating a suspect in Angela Harmon's case. Okay. Hammond's case. 
The person they pointed the finger at was someone they had investigated before, although police aren't naming anyone yet. Okay. They put out public pleas for this person to contact them uh, so they can discuss it further. Angela has now been missing 30 years. Yeah. And there's still no answers to her whereabouts. Mm. Um, she was described as a Caucasian female. She was 4'11". She weighed about 120 pounds. She was also four months pregnant at the time. Okay. She had curly brown hair and brown eyes and a small scar above her lip. So if anyone has huh. any information about Angela Hammond's whereabouts, please reach out to Central. Please reach out to Clinton, Missouri Police Department. Sounds good. Yeah. Do that. It's so crazy. Like, yeah. And it sucks that the car died. He like could have had her, yeah. could have followed this truck. Yeah. And his car just, his transmission went out. Well, it's like, it's crazy when you think that like he actually heard her screaming for him mm-hmm. as he drove past. Yeah. And so when they were investigating Rob, I read on a different article, they really, really thought it was him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they went to go track to see if the truck or his car was where he said it was. And then he showed up to the police department within 15 minutes of uh, when he said he did. And yeah. after the phone call and all of that. Um, so it was really quick. There was no way he could have taken her somewhere, disposed of the body, done anything, especially because he was with his brother. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, he was at the police department. Yeah. Well, and then phone like the phone records from the like phone booth, they would have corroborated his story, too, that he was on the phone mm-hmm. with her up until that point. Right. And then that's when he like as soon as the line went dead, then he went to the phone booth. Mm-hmm. So like. He had, like, a pretty solid timeline of events that yeah. were traceable. Right. And no one believed that he would be involved in this. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. I raised an eyebrow at you at the beginning of I this. told you. I told you. Don't jump to conclusions I know, yet. I know. I need to listen before I, <laughs> before I just <laughs> make judgments. But it's normal, right? It's normal that you always think about the boyfriend, the husband, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But sometimes it's just random. Yeah craziness thank you for listening to this episode of unsolved america head on over to facebook and instagram and follow us at unsolved america mvp and be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform if you need to contact us please email unsolved america mvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week this has been an mvp podcast my village productions